This is Dr. Baliga here. Today's podcast is on acid-based disorders, part two. It is derived from an outstanding chapter titled Acid-Based Disorders, authored by Dr. John J. Chang, MD, and Dr. Aldo J. Paxetto, MD, both faculty at the Yale University School of Medicine. The chapter is published in Baliga's textbook of internal medicine, available at www.mastermedfacts.com. This podcast will discuss under five main headings. The first heading is emia versus osis, that is acidemia versus acidosis, or alkalemia versus alkalosis. The second heading is compensatory changes to a primary acid disorder. The third heading is simple versus mixed acid-based disorders. The fourth heading is anion gap and the fifth heading is normal anion gap acidosis versus high anion gap acidosis. Emia versus osis that is acidemia versus acidosis or alkalemia versus alkalosis. The analysis of the Henderson-Hasselbalch equation shows that the extracellular pH is determined by the ratio of the extracellular bicarbonate ion to PCO2. With the normal extracellular bicarbonate of 24 milliequivalents per liter and a PCO2 of 40 millimeters of mercury, the normal ratio is 0.6, giving rise to the normal pH of 7.4. The pH will deviate from 7.4 when a change in the relative proportions of the extracellular bicarbonate ion and PCO2 causes the ratio to deviate from 0.6. The pH will be less than 7.4 when a relative bicarbonate ion deficit or a relative carbon dioxide excess lowers the ratio to less than 0.6. In contrast, the pH will be greater than 7.4 when a relative bicarbonate ion excess or a relative carbon dioxide deficit raises the ratio of the bicarbonate ion in the extracellular fluid to PCO2 to be greater than 0.6. A biologic process that creates an excess or a deficit in the bicarbonate ion or carbon dioxide in the extracellular fluid is known as osis or an acid-base disturbance. The resultant change in the ratio between the extracellular bicarbonate ion and the PCO2 alters the extracellular pH. The term emia describes the extracellular pH with acidemia and alkalemia describing the pH of less than and greater than 7.4 respectively. An acidosis is an acid-based disturbance that generates acidemia. An alkalosis is one that produces alkalemia. Because the lungs alone regulate PCO2 by adjusting the rate of ventilation, a change in PCO2 is always a result of abnormal ventilation. Hence, an acid-based disturbance that alters PCO2 is called a respiratory osis. In respiratory acidosis, hypoventilation causes retention of carbon dioxide. In respiratory alkalosis, Hyperventilation 
causes loss of carbon dioxide. It's useful to view carbon dioxide as an acid since the hydration of CO2 leads to the formation of carbonic acid. The retention of carbon dioxide in hypoventilation produces acidemia because the retained carbon dioxide is an acid load. The loss of carbon dioxide in hyperventilation generates alkalemia because the lost carbon dioxide represents an acid unloading. A process that induces an excess or a deficit in the bicarbonate ion in the extracellular fluid is known as metabolic osis. In metabolic alkalosis, the addition of bicarbonate ion to the extracellular fluid raises its bicarbonate ion concentration and produces alkalemia. The sources of extracellular bicarbonate ion may be exogenous or endogenous. In milk alkali syndrome, the exogenous bicarbonate ion, namely the oral bicarbonate, produces the surplus of bicarbonate ion in the extracellular fluid. In contrast, the source of the extracellular bicarbonate ion in vomiting is the endogenous bicarbonate ion generated and added from the stomach when hydrogen ion is secreted into and lost in the gastric juice. Similarly, a loop diuretic stimulates the addition of endogenous bicarbonate ion from the kidneys by causing an excessive urinary loss of hydrogen ion. In both cases, the net loss of one hydrogen ion from the extracellular fluid is associated with the net addition of one bicarbonate ion to the extracellular fluid because the bicarbonate ion and the hydrogen ion are produced from the intracellular dissociation of carbonic acid. In metabolic acidosis, the loss of the extracellular bicarbonate ion creates a bicarbonate ion deficit in the extracellular fluid. The resultant fall in the bicarbonate ion concentration produces acidemia. In diarrhea and type 2 renal tubular acidosis, the extracellular bicarbonate ion is directly lost in stool and urine respectively. Buffering and acid load can also result in the loss of the extracellular bicarbonate ion if the bicarbonate ion consumed in buffering the acid load is not replenished. The normal kidneys have the capacity to regenerate bicarbonate ion lost in buffering a typical daily dietary acid load of 70 to 100 milliequivalents and consequently the extracellular bicarbonate ion concentration remains unchanged. In chronic kidney disease and type 1 renal tubular acidosis, the kidney's capacity to generate bicarbonate ion is compromised and the ensuing failure to replenish the bicarbonate ion deficit after normal dietary acid load produces acidemia. Lastly, in lactic acidosis and ketoacidosis, an influx of a massive organic acid load to the extracellular fluid results in a rapid and severe depletion of the extracellular bicarbonate ion store, which even the kidneys with intact 
bicarbonate ion regenerating capacity are unable to replenish. This is how metabolic acidosis develops after ingestion of toxic alcohols whose metabolism produces toxic acids. A quick teaching point is that in diarrhea and type 2 renal tubular acidosis, the extracellular bicarbonate ion is directly lost in the stool and urine respectively. Whereas in chronic kidney disease and type 1 renal tubular acidosis, the kidney's capacity to regenerate bicarbonate ion is compromised and the ensuing failure to replenish the bicarbonate ion deficit after normal dietary acid load produces acidemia. The next heading is compensatory changes to a primary acid-base disorder. That the ratio of the extracellular bicarbonate ion to PCO2, not the individual values, determines pH, implies that a change in pH from a primary change in PCO2 can be minimized by a corresponding secondary change in extracellular bicarbonate ion and vice versa. For instance, a primary rise in PCO2 in respiratory acidosis if accompanied by a corresponding although smaller rise in extracellular bicarbonate ion produces a fall in pH that is less than otherwise would have been observed if no secondary rise in extracellular bicarbonate ion were present. Similarly, acidemia from a primary fall in extracellular bicarbonate ion in metabolic acidosis can be mitigated by a corresponding fall in PCO2. The lungs, by adjusting PCO2, provide a respiratory compensation to a primary disturbance in extracellular bicarbonate ion in metabolic acidosis and metabolic alkalosis. The kidneys, by adjusting for extracellular bicarbonate ion concentration, provide a metabolic compensation to a primary disturbance in PCO2 in respiratory acidosis and respiratory alkalosis. The kidneys do this by regulating the rate of acid excretion. While the respiratory and metabolic compensations greatly enhance the buffering capacity of the carbon dioxide and bicarbonate buffer system, they do not restore the pH to normal because the magnitude of the compensatory change is always proportionately less than the magnitude of the primary change. For example, a primary 50% fall in extracellular bicarbonate ion from 24 to 12 milliequivalents per liter in metabolic acidosis leads to only a 35% compensatory reduction in PCO2 from 40 to 26 according to the Winters formula. Thus, with respiratory compensation, the final pH rises only to 7.26 and not all the way back to 7.4 from 7.1 which would have been the pH without the respiratory compensation. The expected degrees of compensation based on the type and chronicity of the acid-base disturbance have been empirically derived. The next heading is simple versus mixed acid-base disorders. In a simple acid-base disorder, only a single acid-base disturbance is present 
and thus the pH is determined by that disturbance alone. In a mixed acid-base disorder, two or more acid-base disturbances are present simultaneously and the pH is determined by the combined effects of the individual acid-base disturbances on the ratio of the extracellular bicarbonate ion to the PCO2. For our instance, in a counterbalancing mixed acid-base disorder, a respiratory disturbance and a metabolic disturbance have opposing effects on the pH. Example, respiratory acidosis and metabolic alkalosis. And the pH may be acidemic, alkalemic or even normal. In contrast, in an additive mixed disorder, a respiratory disturbance and a metabolic disturbance each produce a change in pH in the same direction and consequently a marked change in pH ensues, example metabolic acidosis and a respiratory acidosis. A triple disorder is characterized by two metabolic disturbances and one respiratory disturbance. The combined effects of the individual disturbances on the balance between the extracellular bicarbonate ion and PCO2 will determine the pH. The next headache is anion gap. Anion gap is the difference between the measured cation, that is sodium, and the measured anions, that is chloride and bicarbonate anions. The anion gap may be also defined as the difference in the concentrations between the unmeasured anions and the unmeasured cations. That is because the total number of cations equals anions. So the measured cations plus the unmeasured cations equals measured anions plus unmeasured anions. Substituting, therefore, the anion gap is the difference between the measured cation and the measured anion or the difference in the concentrations between the unmeasured anions and the unmeasured cations. According to the latter definition, an increase in anion gap reflects either an increase in the unmeasured anions or a decrease in the unmeasured cations. The major unmeasured anions are albumin, endogenous organic acids, that is ketones and lactates, and inorganic acids, example phosphates and sulfates. The unmeasured cations include potassium, magnesium and calcium. Hypokalemia, hypomagnesemia and hypocalcemia can each elevate anion gap by no more than a few milliequivalents per liter because a fall in the respective electrolyte concentration is generally limited to only a few milliequivalents per liter. In contrast, organic acidosis, that is lactic acidosis or ketoacidosis, and inorganic acidosis, example hyperphosphatemia in end-stage renal disease, can cause a substantial elevation in the anion gap due to a sizable buildup in the extracellular fluid of the organic acids and inorganic acids. Likewise, a significant accumulation of toxic organic acids like formic acid and oxalic acid after ingestion of methanol and 
ethylene glycol produce a high anion gap. Thus, a high anion gap, that is, an anion gap greater than 20, should alert the presence of organic acidosis, toxic ingestion, or renal failure. The next heading is normal anion gap acidosis versus high anion gap acidosis. A decrease in the bicarbonate ion concentration in metabolic acidosis, in theory, should always cause an increase in anion gap because the anion gap is calculated by subtracting the sum of bicarbonate ion and chlor chloride ion concentrations from the sodium concentration. But in practice, an anion gap may or may not increase in metabolic acidosis depending on what happens to the chloride concentration. In hyperchloremic metabolic acidosis, a fall in the bicarbonate ion concentration is offset by a simultaneous rise in the chloride ion concentration of equal magnitude and the anion gap does not change. Hence, hyperchloremic acidosis is also known as normal anion gap acidosis. In normal chloremic metabolic acidosis, no rise in the chloride ion concentration accompanies a fall in the bicarbonate ion concentration and consequently the anion gap increases. Normal chloremic acidosis is synonymous with a high anion gap acidosis. The normal anion gap acidosis and high anion gap acidosis are exemplified by the addition of 10 milliequivalents of hydrochloric acid and lactic acidosis respectively in one liter of plasma. Hydrochloric acid acidosis and lactic acidosis both induce the same degree of metabolic acidosis with the same final pH, the extracellular bicarbonate ion and PCO2, but with a diagnostically important difference in the anion gap. In the hydrogen chloride induced acidosis, that is the hydrochloric acid acidosis, the anion gap remains unchanged because the chloride ion concentration rises by the same amount by which the bicarbonate ion concentration fell. In contrast, in lactic acidosis, the anion gap rises by the same amount by which the bicarbonate ion concentration fell because the chloride ion concentration remains unchanged. An alternative explanation for the rise in the anion gap in lactic acidosis is that the concentration of the unmeasured anion lactate has risen. Because the addition of hydrochloric acid does not increase the concentration of any unmeasured anion, the anion gap remains unchanged. In diarrhea and type 2 renal tubular acidosis, a gastrointestinal and urinary loss of bicarbonate ion induces retention of chloride to maintain electroneutrality. In type 1 and 4 renal tubular acidosis, impairment in hydrogen ion excretion reduces the co-excretion of the chloride ion. In all these cases, 
The effect is an increase in the extracellular chloride concentration that offsets the decrease in bicarbonate concentration and prevents a rise in the anion gap. In summary, carbon dioxide and its conjugate base bicarbonate ion constitute the main extracellular buffer that helps stabilize the extracellular pH in the face of acid or base loads. The extracellular pH is determined by the ratio of the extracellular bicarbonate ion concentration to the partial pressure of carbon dioxide or PCO2. By generating an excess or a deficit in bicarbonate ion or PCO2 in the extracellular fluid, alkalosis or acidosis alters the ratio of the extracellular bicarbonate ion to PCO2 and the extracellular pH. Metabolic alkalosis and metabolic acidosis produce an excess and a deficit respectively in the extracellular bicarbonate ion in respiratory alkalosis and respiratory acidosis. There is a deficit and an excess respectively in the extracellular PCO2. An acid-base disorder is termed simple when only a single acid-base disturbance is present and mixed when two or even three acid-base disturbances are present.